Hello and welcome to Outside the Zeitgeist, an opinion podcast presented by Mook Media. Please be aware that the opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the host platform. Outside the Zeitgeist is funded by people like you, for some reason. And now, here are your hosts, Greg and Charles. All right, welcome to Outside the Zeitgeist, episode 22. You like the way I count, do the counting with my hands? Look, I can make a W. Or a gang signs, or pew, pew, pew. I think if people better understood arithmetic, <laughs> they would understand your signs much better. That's true. Anyways, I'm your resident misanthrope, Charles. I'm your resident skeptic, Greg. Cheers, Greg. Cheers, Charles. Don't forget to dislike, subscribe, share, comment, and dislike to show that the feeling is mutual. All right, and now let's weigh in on today's nightmare fuel. Now, the first one I got to talk about is this video that I came across recently. This is from MSNBC, and uh, let's uh, let's talk get right about, in. Yeah, let's get right into it. So, hold on. There we go. And play. Nicole, it's really two parts. One is the breakdown of what is a domestic terrorist organization. It frustrates just about everything that we have going on in the country in terms of our law enforcement posture, what we saw going into January 6th. Can the FBI watch what's going on in social media or not? We don't know which are the extremist groups are allowed to watch. Uh, what is private versus what is public uh, continues in that debate. And I can just tell you, Nicole, I, I for probably 15 years, uh, I've taught different law enforcement crowds. And All right, let me pause it right there for a second. Can you say which extremist groups they're allowed to watch? Yeah, right. And, the, and the... That, that's, not, that's not a very odd. I mean, if they're an extremist group and you're worried about them, why wouldn't you want to watch them, period? Mm -hmm. and, oh, the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, I've talked about that legislation earlier on in the year, which was legislation trying to weed out white supremacy, which really was just all about creating a list of people we don't like. That sounds like a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, let's, Is there more to this clip? Yeah, there's more to this clip. Countering violent extremism. And by 2018, 2017 even, started to get weird because uh, the breakdown really came on international versus domestic. Uh, it was very clear domestic extremism was rising. Uh, classes, they wanted classes to be taught, but you literally could not get into them too far because there was a divergence on what extremist groups should be policed, even in those classrooms. Well, here's the thing, right? What is, what is, what is being defined as extremist, right? Because... Well, okay. To me, the Occupy movement, the movement of Occupy Wall Street mm -hmm. was a continuation of somewhat extreme individuals right. who may or may not had already been down that path far enough to have become radicalized in some way because if, if when i when i listen to stories of the the occupy wall street it's clear to me that these people were not in their right mind uh what they were doing mm. they were just upset with the system and they didn't know how to properly right um, yeah that part i can wage war against it mm -hmm. right and so that led them to doing a very ridiculous thing which was just you know, ridiculous in, this, in the fact that it, it wouldn't have done anything for them, and it didn't do anything for them. It did make the, uh, the, I guess, the public at large more aware that there was a growing group of people that were right. know, not happy with what's happening. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the one thing, right? Because he's talking about growing domestic extremism, but extremism isn't something we've really talked about in this country so much for a long time. I mean, 
Look at organizations like the KKK. Sure, they're, tech- they're an extreme organization, right. but they're not an organization of significance. Right, so well, what I'm saying is how much of this extremism, uh, this growing extremism, is really just labeling organizations that were already there? I would definitely say that's more than likely what they're doing. It's just they're In that- becoming more aware that they're, that these organizations are much more extreme than they thought, or they're much more of a threat in some capacity than they would have, and they're just acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to Donald Trump's ability to politicize law enforcement in this country. Uh, oh, it yeah, was like very it was clear, Trump depending, well, one of the classes I taught was all across the country would send reps into one class. It was a great course, and they were all officers, essentially, from different jurisdictions. They're brought in to integrate with each other and work with each other. But who they called an extremist, depending on where they were in the country and, and what information they listened to, and that really came down to the president's <laughs> rhetoric around Antifa. Uh, and I think that's where the problem is today, is how would you fairly and judiciously do that around the country? And I would also say yeah, that this is a, this local, is state, and city municipalities are, are pretty good at policing their ranks over time. I think they do an, a, a pretty good job. But in some of the sheriff's departments where we have what we call the the uh, lone sheriffs that are in support of Donald Trump and don't recognize Joe Biden as the president, well, there's a significant what problem. What did he just say? What what gobbledygook mess of words did he string together? I'm, I'm lone like, sheriffs that are in support of Donald Trump and don't recognize Joe Biden as the president, there's a significant problem. If you were to stumble into that part of the country... <laughs> They may not work with the FBI, or they may not be trusting with the FBI. They may not want to enforce the law as it is designated by state and locals. And I think that's where we get into some real serious problems about law enforcement reform in this country. And he's talking about working with the FBI and trusting the FBI. I just need to bring up a statement. Regardless of these lone sheriffs who are in support of Trump, (laughs) there's an entire state, the state of Washington, which has a number of cities that have actual police departments which have decided that, oh yeah, we're just going to let this extremist group that occupies our city dictate how we do things, okay? Way before Trump was even in office, you have Antifa just taking over the streets, putting their own people in the streets to direct traffic so that way people can't drive through an open public street Mm -hmm. to get to where they're going because they have taken over that day or something. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. And obviously, Donald Trump, by telling the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by, made him not just part of their coalition, but but part of his, you know, sort of offensive structure, if you will. He gave them an order. Um, I wonder how long it takes to purge that that structure from the um, sort of permission structure of the militias and the white supremacists and the brazenness with which they may go about defending their associations. It's going to be extremely challenging, Nicole. The only thing we have going to our advantage right oh. now is the investigations of January 6th have given the federal law enforcement agencies like the FBI and even some state and local groups the actual evidence okay. needed to go ahead and push that agenda forward, meaning these people are involved in a crime or supporting a crime. And so that gives you some leads into where you can look. But across the board, when you look around the country, uh, it, it was almost routine in the last few years to see law enforcement officers showing up with 3% patches or some sort of Proud Boy video or QAnon patches at different times in terms of conspiracy groups. That was really about right, allegiance. Right, 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 right. But here's the thing, right? What? 
He's talking about he's talking about people. Uh, he's talking about militias like the three percenters, right? And like officers, and, but like that's only one way. But, but, but the way he says that makes it seem as if if I were to go to my local uh, police in um, the surrounding states, I would I would find any given one of them wearing what that that's such a bad statement. It, it's, <laughs> It, it grossly takes every. He just takes his enti- his entire statement is saying, the police show up to this situation. Or they show up to this situation, and they got these patches on them. And yeah. I'm like, so now the police are in the same department. They're part of different gangs. Yeah. <laughs> what? Political um, allegiance and how that was blending with law enforcement. He, he I think in some parts of the country, particularly how, those where um, Donald Trump has lots of support, it's going to be very Does difficult the, to police uh, that out of the, the ranks anytime soon. And them having different ideas okay. of what are extreme and everything. <laughs> Does he not recognize his own his own statement for what it is and the fact that he's bringing his own biases into like maybe in a specific part of the country, you would have a couple cops showing up, but. He made a very general statement that he was classifying cops in general. It, it, yep, MSNBC. You can only see comedy like that. <laughs> this is why I don't watch these things. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's good to point and laugh, but um, yeah, there, there was actually that actually wound up not being the one I was looking for. There was another one I was looking for because there was another video I was looking for with that same guy. Oh, the same guy. Yeah, it was the same guy. That's why that's why I picked that one up. But it wound up being uh, worthwhile to watch anyways. Just okay. to see what kind of bullshit they do over at MSNBC. I, I feel bad for all the people that watch MSNBC. But, uh... Um, that's the one uh, Rachel Maddow is on, right? Yeah. yeah as, or as I like to call her, Ramra. <sighs> Rachel Maddow, Russian agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so the, uh... Is there a clip of her screaming... Do not attempt to adjust the picture. To... For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. All right, so this is that that's what basically Outer what limits. that guy was saying um on on this clip was that uh, you know this guy as you saw he's a former FBI special sure. agent and everything like that and he's saying that they wanted to control all the information that everybody's hearing I can't find the clip anywhere well, I, I thought that was the clip you, you, I I'll find it cuz I know I heard someone talking about that on another show that I uh, listened to about and, a month uh, ago Yeah and and <laughs> I mean, that's in line with the, the fact that the post office is watching our um, mm-hmm. our uh, social media accounts and all this other stuff that I'm hearing. Well, not only that, but in the UK, after people got the doom spell, mm-hmm. without their permission, knowledge, or consent, mm-hmm. the, I don't know, I think it was the government? It's probably the government. The government, the UK government decided to track certain people that got the doom spell to see where they, they went afterwards. So, this is something I brought up in a, a previous video. We were talking about stuff with COVID and all that for the doom, for uh, the Nightmare News. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Nightmare Fuel, I should say. And there was a, there was a, um, an advert to get, um, Advert, Muslim, you're so British. Yes. There was an advert to get Muslims or foreigners to take the doom spell. Mm-hmm. And in it, they explicitly say, we're not going to put microchips into you <laughs> because it's much easier to track you with your phone. Yeah, I remember phone. you mentioning that. And there you they go. are. <laughs> and then you people bitch that I don't carry my phone around with me. <laughs> Every time I'm like, they're all like, Charles, why do you carry your phone with you? Dude, Facebook knows when you take a shit. Oh, yeah. 
They everybody knows these things. They, they already use all the information. They can tell what you know the, the times that you're doing all your shit on your phone. Mm -hmm. That's to them. That's information. That's good data. That's what we should advertise that because you're on the toilet. They're spending extra a certain amount of time there. But interesting things with the doom spell. Mm -hmm. California and Hong Kong have now joined the game of if you get the vaccine, you get a lotto ticket. Woo! And even more with the tracking. California claims if you already got the vaccine, you're already entered. You know, so they must be tracking them somehow. Yeah, I know, right? You know, I I occasionally buy a lotto tickets, and I haven't won even $2 on a single lottery ticket oh, in like five years. That's a real goddamn shame. Because my lotto group has won money such that sometimes we went 10 weeks without paying any money because mm -hmm. we didn't hit the big one, but we hit enough money that the entire group paid for for 10 oh, weeks. Oh, so you won like the, the, the $100 or whatever? Yeah, something like that. Um, I'm increasingly seeing that bribes are the only way to get people, though, to get these vaccines because I'm looking at the charts and across, across the, uh, at least the United States and apparently in Japan, uh, because Japan is now joining the boat of giving away vaccines to other countries. Mm -hmm. So there's a number of countries where, you know, U.S. being one of the prominent ones where their vaccines went up and now they're going down. And um, they need to bribe people to get the vaccines. They need to lower the age all the way down to 12, so that way they can get more people that can get the vaccines. And give them ice cream. Yep. Yeah, but, oh, uh, I, got, I got a follow-up story on that. Oh, you do? I got a great follow-up on it. But like, I was I was, what, I was reading through news, uh -huh. and there was a M M NBC, or mm -hmm. MS, one of them, said they debunked the, uh, no, no, I got the, I got the entire quote. They debunked the fact that uh, parents were not, uh, were, children were allowed to get the vaccine without the parents' consent and all that. Under Ontario's Health Care Consent Act, there is no minimum age to provide consent for vaccination. According to Toronto Public Health spokesperson, Dr. Vinta Dubay, under it, rather, it is up to the health care providers to ensure that they obtain informed consent prior to immunization. Quote, this means the healthcare provider administering the vaccine has to deem the youth capable of understanding their decision, Dubay said. If the individual is incapable of consenting to receiving the vaccine, they would need consent from their substitute decision maker, whatever that means, such as their parent or legal guardian. Okay, they didn't say that a substitute decision maker, though, is only right. a parent or legal guardian. This is the most absurd thing, and this was presented by... I believe NBC. I, be, I believe it was NBC. Um, it was one of those three-letter networks. And they <laughs> well, were, NBC is a five-letter. That meant NBC. No, no, no. It was exclusively <laughs> just NBC or something like that. They were uh, they were talking about this was proof that the children were not just being given ice cream to take the vaccine and mm -hmm. that they were not consenting. I mean, a twelve-year-old yeah. can fully realize the decision and impact of making. Well, um, the decision to get the vaccine. Now, now, counterpoint is I do have to say, I mean, that's always a question of, you know, a person's autonomy, you know, even even when they're uh, even when they're youth. Right. You know, is the whole idea of of uh, of uh, saying that people are the same, you know, based on their age and so forth, that everybody's experiences are the same and whatnot. So I agree that um, people's age as far as how long they've lived on the earth and its rotations around the sun is not an equal measure for determining how well-informed an individual is, how wise or intelligent or anything, if their ability to make decisions 
where as far as that goes. Yeah, I mean, when I was when I was seven years old, I was asking my mom where the child support check was going. Ah. <laughs> However, that being said, I believe most children, up until at least the age of fifteen, have not accumulated enough life experiences or mm-hmm. made enough mistakes in life, or seen enough stuff to really be able to process the result of doing one thing over another. I would say it is foolish to believe that a uh, child of age 12 could make a decision about a treatment that they were getting if they're only presented information from one source about why it's important mm-hmm. because they don't know enough about the world. That is yeah, why I, mean, I, the other I don't thing support too, those types of things. The other thing, too, is, uh, is like, you know, because we do have, you know, at least we're supposed to have the whole idea of innocent until proven guilty, but um, you don't, you have no way of knowing... Uh, what the perception of the person doing all the explaining is, you know, what, sure. you know, and, and what their, uh... The, the fact that, in, in many cases, I've looked at Canadian law as presented by um, a gentleman by the name of Viva Fry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not his actual name, but that's no, his that's, uh, yeah, YouTube Yeah, I'm familiar name. with Viva Fry. He's Excellent guy. I like his breakdown of law, especially when he looks at American law and he tries to, um... Yeah, he's part of the whole LawTube community with, uh, with Rakita Law and Civil yep. Law... Nate the lawyer, Viva Barnes, or sorry, Barnes. Uh, but I, I like his breakdowns of things, especially when he goes over Canadian law, because he is a lawyer himself. And, and uh, um, who's in it? Oh, Legal Bites, that's the new one. He, he, um, he when he reads Canadian law, there's there's a lot of things that find I find odd about how they word stuff. And um, the fact that it says, if the individual is incapable of consenting to receive the vaccine, they would need to, con- they would need consent from their substitute decision maker mm-hmm. yeah that kind of word is is such well, legal you, garbage when you me. get when you see what we're going to get into later on in the nightmare fuel but uh you know it, I, I like how it, it, it's it's okay to question or to you know because you're mentioning about debunking the whole idea of coming from the wuhan lab and lab and all that sure, stuff so it's very and, okay now and you, you know what you've seen this picture going around a lot i have seen that picture it's very frightening if i didn't know what they were doing now since i still don't know what they're doing uh, this <laughs> the great thing about this picture is look it proves that masks work look see they're wearing nothing but surgical masks and they're not getting sick. Oh yeah, uh, no, I got, I got a the great, best I part got a great is, picture is, for you, man. The best part is the hairnet. Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm just like, but masks work, right? People this, working in the lab. This work. was a fantastic meme that was passed to me under uh, one of the guys I follow. Uh huh. A smoke mask. Uh-huh. A painting mask, uh-huh. a mining mask, mm-hmm. a pesticides mask, uh-huh. a radioactive mask, uh-huh. and then the a camera. mask for the deadliest virus in history. Show it to the camera. <laughs> deadliest virus in history. One that has many holes on the top, the bottom, and the surrounding yeah, one, sides. One that's only designed to catch a liquid splatter. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one would have stopped everything from happening. Ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. It's... it's... <laughs> We're living in Looney Tune world. Yes. Um, so one other thing I wanted to mention with uh, with regards to all this uh, bribery mm-hmm. is that um, I was watching, I believe it was the, the TYT, and they had uh, James Hamblin on, and they were talking with him. Oh, my God. I love them freaking out. Fuck you, Aaron Bate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They're such losers. They are. They are. They are. 
So I believe I was watching one of their uh, their sideshows, or it might have been the Humanist Report, which I think is another one of their people. And they have this guy, James Hamblin, is is talking to them, and he seems to believe, as well as they themselves, that there are barriers of some significance that is stopping people from getting the vaccine. Now, the only ones they seem to bring up is I, I, I would I consider common sense a barrier of some significance. Sure, sure. <laughs> there is the the fact that people are working jobs. Mm-hmm. Of which that is a lie, because there's more people not working jobs than yeah. there are people working jobs than last this year than last year. Yeah, and that's the whole thing, right? Because we talked about the OSHA thing. Well, OSHA decided to turn around and say, no, no, be, uh, jobs uh, can't be held liable for doomspell mandates. And apparently you were mentioning the yep, EEOC. EEOC is backing them up. Last week on Friday they announced that the um, jobs can mandate vaccines if they want. And... Um, yeah, now, that's scary. Here's the, here's the thing I love, because let's point out the cognitive <laughs> dissonance, right? Because you got the people, the conservatives, that are like, oh, these people don't want to go to a job because they're getting welfare. <coughs> um, but then they say, oh, don't get the vaccine if you don't want to. And then they also claim <laughs> that these jobs are stopping them from getting the vaccine because they don't have the time of the day. <laughs> I find that an absolute ridiculous statement. It's... It, the, the mental gymnastics that you would have to perform to be able to understand that that is the reason why people are not getting vaccines mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Um, James Hamill went on to say that people who are going to forgo getting the vaccine altogether for any reason are inc- are just rare. And um, I think the evidence is, other- is proven otherwise because if you look at new vaccines, if you look up vaccine on Google and you look at new mm-hmm. The, uh, like I said before, in the United States, it's going down. The amount of people that are actually getting vaccines each day and um, the rate at which vaccines are being taken is also slowing. That, uh, that's not an exponential growth. It's just very, very slow. Um, I will find it amazing if we get to even more than 60% of the entire country, if not the 40% of the entire world, Completely vaccinated. Yeah, completely. and meanwhile, here in this state, you have the orders are, oh, you don't have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated. Yeah, no one's wearing a fucking mask. Yeah, I was uh, it was at Panera earlier, and I walked in, and they said, oh, we haven't taken it back yet. So, and I was, I only wanted a cup of coffee because I was going to sit down and draw. And uh, she said, if I get you a mask, will you wear it? Yeah, for the five seconds I'm here. And so, <laughs> she spent five minutes almost, maybe not that much, but about five minutes getting me a mask that I then spent another 20 seconds using. To order a coffee and then toss out before walking outside to where I just sat at their, their table and I drew while drinking a cup of coffee. But I could have ordered already the cup of coffee by the time she had gotten me the mask. And I'd have been already out. And then uh, I walked into Trader Joe's where I got food and they didn't say shit. But I was the only person without a mask. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, went to the, I went to the store and like there were some people with masks, some people without masks. Um, Interesting but- enough... With all of these uh, things happening, Canada has decided to suspend elections due to a pandemic. Yeah, I mean, so, like, this is the other thing, right? Right, because people are like, oh, it's, you know, obviously the whole Wuhan lab thing was a concern for a lot of people. Or not, you know, I've mentioned about, you know, Epstein's network of people that are under control and whatnot. Yes, the ones we're not hearing about anymore. even if this thing... Even if this thing came from a lab, it could be a colossal fucking failure. Sure. I mean... 
we have. It's not like it's not like. You, you, I mean, you still have people still like in the panic state over it, but it's been a year more than, and it's not like oh, this is a week. It's not like if you ever played the game Plague Incorporated, which has been really popular over the past year. <laughs> I love the so, board game version, by the way. I think if there was going to be some substantial blowback from this pandemic, quote unquote, um, that would have had ramifications for the world. We would have seen it by now. We would be either in a... Because I, I would like to believe that if this was... Because I, I believe this was a pandemic in a sense that it was highly infectious. Well, I mean, tech, it, is a, it was technically a pandemic. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was technically a, a pandemic. I believe right. the disease was highly infectious. I don't believe that the disease was nearly as deadly Hi, as Highly it was. infectious, minimally infectious. Yes. And... All of what I've read about word, but sure. the treatments and ways of stopping it from actually doing any harm um, lead me to believe that if we had decided to actually use these treatments, which were readily available, mm -hmm. we would have cut the amount of deaths that Oh, did no, occur. but it, the medical industrial complex is real. Oh, yes. Very I much. Mean, very I much. mentioned that before, especially with like the suicide prevention and so is depression the and everything. <laughs> but, uh... So, now, here's one thing, because I was thinking about this earlier, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and why am I still wearing earphones? All right. Because you can. Um, yeah, we'll probably have another clip later. Um, and so, here's one thing. The, because um, I was noticing, and I've been saying this, this year is, we've had, like, the first real spring that we've had in many, many years. And my, you know. Yes, I was, I was sneezing up a storm. Yeah, a lot of pollen, lots of rain, and so forth. And everybody, like, not having uh you know, their jobs to go to last year, you know, you had smog decreasing and whatnot. And this goes to the whole, like, climate change thing, right? I hear it's already back at the pre-pandemic levels. Yep, probably. But the thing is, is that, you know, we talk about climate change and a, a lot of what you hear from the progressives is focusing only on, like, the rich and the airlines and the factories. And yes, they are the, they are a concern, but... You know, when you're looking at only one thing, you know, yeah, it doesn't, that, that doesn't serve a purpose. That seems to be an issue with a lot of industries is that... Um, well, a lot of talking points, you know. That's what I'm talking about. Um, they all seem to have only ever focus on one thing, and they never... You know, I'm sure there the scientists... One scientist is looking at the, uh, the problem at one point of view, mm -hmm. and there's another scientist across the world who's looking at the same problem right. from a separate point of view, and they both see an issue, and they both say one thing, and they try to contradict each other, mm -hmm. but there's the possibility greater that both of them could be right, right, and they could both be seeing the same exact problem from different points and coming to multiple things that are being affected, and I, I think that's true on a lot of... Um, uh, different subjects is that we just don't, you know, people tend to get tunnel vision when it comes to what they're, anything. what they're looking yeah, at. People, and, and, they're but very, the thing, that's the, that's part of the natural human thing, sure. too, right? Like, cause, you people know, people are very self, uh, self. Well, not, not only that, but it's, it, it's just an, it's a natural thing. I mean, I, when it happens to me, I get pissed off when I realize it later. I was like, I'm just like, fuck, you know, I just completely disregarded that point and so forth. It's, but, it's part of the, it's, it's part of the whole idea of being focused on something and, and how you can get in that tunnel vision state. And it can happen to anybody. And, but the point is trying to get yourself out of it, right? Because we were talking about solipsism, you know. So something I want to point out, 
and I'm sure I'm sure this is uh they've been very focused on on combating uh, problems with racism and other things. But did you know the BLM's founder has just resigned? <laughs> After buying many hundreds of thousands, if not million dollar um, houses. Bye bye Black Trump. And apparently they've raised over ten billion dollars. Yeah. Where is that money? Uh, where, where is all the help to the black community that BLM seems to believe that they are helping go on? I mean, I know about all the destruction that BLM has caused to the black community. Yeah. Through all their rioting. But where's the money? <laughs> Show me the money! It's just, I mean, that's what it is. It's just another grift. That's why I said it's Black Trump. Absolutely. You know, and that's, and as I say over and over again, the thing that anybody should be afraid of the most is the thing that they believe in. Because the more you believe in something, the less likely you are to question it. I mean, that's, nobody wanted to pay attention to all the people's parents who were like, oh, they're using our kids to support, to promote BLM, but we're not seeing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know BLM uh, flags are now allowed to be flown at um, our, uh, Various places around the world, whatnot, mm. camps and uh, embassies and uh, military spaces. Yep, just like that. every other grift, <coughs> Trump, uh, the woke culture, and um, you know, like Anita Sarkeesian, the BLM is just another one of those uh, societal herpes. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Ah, uh, yes. What you, you got know, there? Um, so, and more. Uh, fun news because we were talking about uh, like security and controlling information. Remember, I said that if you know stuff about programming and computers and all that shit, that you're probably gonna have be able to find a job soon. Well, apparently, the United States government is hiring at least five hundred thousand people for cybersecurity, which I'm sure in no way means spying on you and you know. Five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. That's. That's significant. Yeah, so now we can have our own warehouses full of people that are hacking into everything, just like China. Sure, and <laughs> Russia. Except Russia doesn't think, have them on the books. They I have them off the books. I don't, I, well, I mean, I would, I would assume that it's everywhere, but I would assume that, you know, I would say that the most significant one is China. I don't uh, think, sure. I don't think. So how many people do they have in their, their population? There's like 1.3 billion or something like that. Okay, so if you think, um, well, I'm talking, I'm talking comparatively. Right. I'm just saying, if one percent of one percent of their population is cybersecurity, yeah, that's that's still a thousand. That would be a thousand. No, that would be a hundred thousand people. That's a, that's a lot of people. Yeah, it's probably more than that. Yeah, like two hundred thousand. I mean, how many how many jobs could they possibly have over there? All right, billion, million, yeah, hundred thousand. I also um, heard they recently increased their uh, their population to allowing three children. Oh, really? Yeah, because the one one child policy worked yeah. so great before and. And, and, you know, and you see other people wanting to, like, limit population growth and everything like that. And then, shit, we need more kids because we can't get shit done. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's, Have you also heard that Biden now considers China to be a threat? Even though he said that they were not a threat? Wait, you sure we're doing, that Trump, Trump wasn't reelected? No, no, no. I, re I heard that, chi that uh, China will own the U.S. by 2035. God! Thank you for telling us this in recent days, President, still President Trump. Such bullshit. 
I mean, so fucking stupid, you know. The amount of, the amount of, I just gotta point this out. The amount of statements that Biden has made and then walked back so, in just under 200 days of office. You know, so, it's, it's so, alright, so let me tell you a story about the weekend. Okay. So, it was red, and I, and yep. our friend up in North Jersey, you know, the mom with the kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it was red, myself, the mom, and one of the kids. And we're like, oh, what what movie should we watch? And I was like, oh, I brought Idiocracy. They're like, oh, what kind of movie is that? I was like, well, when it came out about 20 years ago, I don't remember when it was. I think it was about 20 years ago. It was a Mike, Mike Judge movie. It was the 90s. And I'm like, it was a comedy. Now, it's a tragedy. It is very tragic indeed. <laughs> it is very tragic so, indeed that we have not gotten these plants. They're electrolytes. <laughs> so, Red... Red, she's uh, she starts. She's there watching the movie. She had a cup of coffee, and I don't really think she drank any of the coffee the entire time because throughout the whole movie, her face was like this. I mean, a gape in horror. <laughs> but when the movie was over, everybody was so depressed that they didn't want to do anything else. That's hilarious. That's absolutely hilarious. And, I mean, and I love, like, you know, some of the things are just so right on the nose with, like, the, uh, when they freak out, unscannable, and the, uh, slot machines where you can win healthcare. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Other movies that are coming true. Well, hold, before that, Come before, on. before that, it, I gotta say, because 2020 was a missed opportunity for memes, because if there was this meme, I didn't see it, but you had 2020, it should have been a meme, 2020, a picture of somebody, follow the science. And then 2505, electrolytes, it's what the plants crave. <laughs> so, very interestingly enough, um, it's being reported that a Turkish drone is now the first Terminator because it has hunted down a human without dun, any dun, prompting, dun, 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 any prompting dun, dun, dun. by Turkey itself. Does it look like Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, it's a drone, man. Does it look like Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, it's, it's one of those flying Why drones. didn't they paste Arnold Schwarzenegger's face on the thing? Look, I, I don't know. All I know is I'm worried about Skynet. They're, they're, coming, they're coming out with new drones every day. Soon the, T, the T-3000 will be there. Mm. We'll have the, the T-2025. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's, uh... it's, it's, it's too good, man. Oh, yeah, I mean... You can't make shit like this up? A drone hunting down an actual human oh, without I mean, like, being prompted to? And then, like, has, the, has I'm AI thinking back evolved to, the, to the point where it's now sentient? I'm thinking back to the movie, too, where... Because that's one thing they didn't really have in it. They didn't really have any drones in it, but they had, like, things that would scan you, like, everywhere. Okay, they had drones. Their drones Oh, yeah, the cleaning giant, thing. Well, no, 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 no. Their drones were helicopters. In the movie? In Terminator? No, no, no. I'm talking about Idiocracy. Oh, no, no, no. They definitely had drones in that. It was just the cleaning bot. Yeah, the cleaning. That's what I was saying. The cleaning bot. You know, the one thing I, I do like at the end, and this is something that I got to say, because this is a, this is a, this is a, a point that I, I want to bring up, right? Because the whole movie is about how the society just goes into decline and whatnot. But I do like the, the end, the speech at the end. It's like, there was a time when reading and writing wasn't just for fags. <laughs> There was actual story, so you care about you cared about whose ass is farting and what it meant. But there's this one thing, like the, the you know, I think about the ending of the movie, and 
right, the one theme throughout the movie was the whole idea of lead, follow, get out of the way, right? And at the end, after he's after the plants sure. start growing and they all want him to hang around and help out, right? And then and they say the quote, the lead, follow, and get out of the way. But you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is actually one of those times where you want to get out of the way, right? And and the reason why is because the reason why society gets one of the reasons why society gets like that is because everybody's putting their faith in somebody else to save them, right? That's what that's what we have now. This whole dumbing down of society is we have all these smartphones and all these gadgets that make all this shit easier for us without actually having to think about anything, and and that's you know part of why this is all happening. And then when you talk when you look at the discourse of of society right there's the six questions who what when where and then you have why and how right go and i separate these for a reason okay when the focus of the discourse is based on the four questions who what when and where sure society tends those are people that tend to contribute to the decline of society but when the focus decline or incline decline okay but when the focus is the why and how those are the people that tend to Lead the tend to promote the the growth of society, the, the the benefit of society. So you're telling me that in a world of yin and yang, mm-hmm. you cannot have yin without yang. No, that has absolutely nothing in what I was saying. <laughs> 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 uh, that's good. No, but I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Would you would you agree with that statement? Or I cannot say one way or another whether I agree or disagree with that statement because that is not something I have personally done research into. But because you look because you look about like school, right? Learning and, and right, everybody pays attention like history: sure. who, what, when, where. Right? Who, what, when, where? But those are all questions relating to something that's already. But they, in yeah, some regard. but at the same, but realistically, these wind up being the arbitrary things because if you're not paying attention to why and how, how then what are you really getting out of asking the question in the first place? So if if you were to if you were to take a, a crime and you were to ask the who, what, when, and where, okay, mm-hmm. you could arrive at a at a conclusion that has nothing to do with what actually happened because if you don't know why it happened, you have no motive. And if you don't know how it happened, then you could be attributing the crime to a person who was not even responsible for the situation to begin, it, mm-hmm. to begin with. If you have, if you have a, a what, what happened, okay, mm-hmm. this guy got killed. If you have where it happened, it happened in the hotel. If you have the who did it, well, you could just say, okay, that fuck over there did it. And, um, what was it? Who, what, when, when where. When... Time of, time of the day was night, mm-hmm. in the dark, yeah. when no one would see what happened. I mean, you can use those four to allude to the why and the how, but they're not ex- the, directly the why and the how. So I just so thought you those... Need all, you, know, you need all six to be able to... To form a complete picture, yes. right? Yes. But I'm saying, which, you know, I notice people focus on the four and neg- the, you know, negate the, the other two. The other or two they neglect the well. other two. All six of them together form a complete picture, but you mm-hmm. can use... The answer from some of them to get to the rest of them, mm-hmm. uh, provided yeah. you have enough information. But, I mean, at the very least, it was an idea I was toying, toying around with and I thought I'd share. Um, okay, it was a so, bad idea! So, more more uh, 
nightmare fuel. So apparently a TikTok cop was fired. Yes, I heard. And I also heard that he has raised a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, another one of those things, and I said it before, it's, you know, who, who gives a shit? I mean, I think it was some, I think, it, I don't think it was the apartment, the apartment that fired him. I think it was some politician that fired him. Other interesting news. Did you hear there was a Nashville hat shop that was selling Stars of David that said not vaccinated on it? I'm going to have to buy me a hat now. <laughs> uh, some secret way, two or three different hat companies distanced themselves and no longer are selling hats to this hat store. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of bullshit like over the weekend as well. Apparently Kamala Harris is in the news. Because, Why? Because she... I mean, I know she's the vice president, but she's so unimportant. <laughs> What has she done? You no, know, is that what she didn't do? So apparently she wished oh, everybody. Not the border? No, she <laughs> she wished everybody. She told everybody to enjoy their three day weekend, and mentioned okay. nothing about Memorial Day. Oh, okay. So everybody's freaking out over, out over you know on that and whatnot, and I'm just like, you know, it's it's you you get it, no matter what. It's it's the same bullshit. I mean, everybody just wants to freak out of them. So she doesn't mention Memorial Day. Okay, it's big implied. deal. I mean, well, yeah or no. The fact that she made a three, enjoy your three-day weekend statement implies that she's saying, enjoy your Memorial Day. The fact that she didn't say, enjoy your Memorial Day, says that there might be something attached to it, that if she were to say something about it, it might have a negative backlash on her. And you have, like, well, you have this whole, all these conversations about, like, oh, well, you only have one Memorial Day, but you have Pride Month and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm just like, you know what? I really fucking hate the idea oh, so of holidays. And so we're gonna have an entire month dedicated to the veterans, right? We're gonna celebrate you. Oh God, I, it's just it's just so stupid. I fucking hate holidays and these months, Pride months and History months and all this it's stuff. It's all the bullshit. It's, it's to make all people feel bull- like they're included. Yeah, it's. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, why does this shit matter? Okay, I'm a veteran, but who gives a shit? I didn't do anything. I was on a fucking boat for a few months and then I got crippled. You're that one point in a board game that I get, and I think at the end of the game, oh, you know, I really didn't need this one point, because I won by 15 points. But the contribution of the one point overall is what allowed me to win. I mean, it was a straw that broke the camel's back. Yes. (laughs) So you were there, you contributed, you helped me. I won by more than one point. But that one point was important because there's not necessarily a guarantee that I would have won by more than one point. You know what, too? I don't get this whole thank you for your service thing. Um, Well, that's just the, the, the. To me, I always I mean, see it's, that a, it's as another it's another platitude, right? Sure. And I, I, I hate I hate all these performative platitudes in our society. We and have to have them. No, no, we don't. I mean, You're a lot right. of because like I've I, you know I've never seen comment, but I've talked to guys you know at the VA that have seen comment and you know the sh- I've heard about the shit that they've been through and the the, the stuff that the stuff that they live with and whatnot. And you know, for some of these people, when you say thank you for your service, it's like oh well, thank you for suffering all this tragedy, you know. When I when I see them, me personally, I'm just like, well, I, you know, glad you made it back okay, right? I mean, there's nothing really you can say, but it, we have this interesting desire to to necessarily say something, you know. It's 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 like a some a people tick. seem to believe that if you don't thank someone for putting their life at risk, well, that you're um, 
taking away from what they did do. Yeah, I mean that's, but that's. Still, I, don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true. There's a lot of things that people well, tell me to believe and nonsense. say that are uh, what I would say are PC statements, and I don't necessarily believe those either. All right, uh, let's see. Fuck this other shit. There is one thing, other thing I do have to get into. So, Greg, remember last year there was one group of the donkey fence that had this rallying call, and that rallying call was. Release the Kraken! Of the Demolicans. And there was this whole epic thing. There was like this giant scene that was underwater and you saw this really ancient rusty gate and the gate just creaked open underwater and everybody was just full of excitement and anticipation and then, I mean, and then everybody realized that the Kraken's still not a real thing. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm seeing the rust turning to gold, and I'm seeing the gold turn to pyrite. <laughs> well, so now, now there is a new rallying cry by, by the same group of people. It is, release the Karens! Ah, <laughs> uh, ah. Uh, I heard Mike Lindell say that Trump will be back in office by August. No, so what I'm referring to is uh, Texas's new anti-abortion legislation. This is SB8. SB8, what did I write it down? SB8, I think See, it's that's called. not the Kraken. Senate Bill 8. No. Every time I heard release the Kraken, I No, no, this, is, this bill is release the Karens. Because, so, this is what this bill does, right? Which it is? says, it, so it's an anti-abortion, it's a heartbeat anti-abortion bill, right? Okay. Now, it says it takes away the power from the state attorney general and gives ordinary citizens the power to act as, uh, on the state's behalf to have a civil lawsuit against somebody who's had an abortion. For what reason? Because they had, because they want, apparently are Karen. Like, you had a, or, or a Debbie, you know. You had an abortion, so. You sure they're not Amanda's or Sarah's or Ashley's too? Oh, God. It's, this is, this is <laughs> the most nightmarish thing I have ever seen concocted. So if I declare myself for the state. Right. If I just say I'm fighting for the state, am I now suddenly working for the state? But here, so here's so here's the thing. So the whole the whole idea behind this is that it prevents uh, it gets around things like res judicata, which is the whole idea of like oh, if the state prosecutes the state attorney general prosecutes you for something, he's a state actor and he can't prosecute you for the same thing, right? Because the first case was double jeopardy bullshit. It's it gets around because here's the thing, right? It because now it's a civil lawsuit. And so a person can say, oh, you had an abortion? Well, I'm going to take you to court, and I'm going to act on behalf of the state for that. As an aside, i, I got to say, double jeopardy and all that? Mm-hmm. I'm not winning double my money for what I bet <laughs> when there's a double jeopardy thing and all that. Why did they call it that? It, do it doesn't make any sense to me. I should be able to throw as much money as I want at the lawsuit and try to win double it. As a result. So, so yeah, now everybody gets to act on behalf of the Attorney General's office. And then, if so if one case fails against the uh, person that's being tried for having an abortion, okay. send then me, somebody... Send me that in the email, man. I want to read I'm going to put a link. I'm okay. going to put a link, a link to the bill. So, but here's the thing. So, if one person's case goes south, the next person can say, oh, well, I'm going to try the case now. And then other person, other person, other person, other person, other person, other... And then... So, who's pushing this? This is already signed into law by the Texas government. Okay, okay. So I mean, Texas put some silly things so, into law. So this is this is this is Karen legislation. This is let's take the power of the Karen. Let's unleash the Karens and everybody. So, so I was uh, 
Hold on. So it allows everybody to act on the state's behalf. So nobody. So you can't you can't take it to federal court because you're you're going against individuals instead of state actors. It also has in it uh, severability clauses, which is like uh, oh well, if part of this strikes down gets struck down because it's unconstitutional, the rest of it, the rest of it's still constitutional. It also allows people who try who act as prosecutors to. Uh, go after the defendant for legal fees. <laughs> You've heard of death by a thousand cuts? This is death by a thousand Karens. That's what this is. Uh, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Are you sure this is exactly what the law says? <laughs> you can go read it yourself. I probably won't. But I, I want to know about it anyway so I can record it and yeah. look at it in the future at some point. Now, and here's the other thing. What's to stop somebody from having all these a bunch of frivolous lawsuits? Number one, and what's to stop other people? Was slap law or something like that. Yeah. Or anti-slap. Law. Yeah, but that's that's different though. What's to stop somebody from changing uh, anti-abortion to like eating tacos or having guns or you know any other fucking stupid inane thing? Now, of course, with everything else, this has its positives and its negatives. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I've never met a single person that, when I knew both stances, that was, uh, anti, who was anti-abortion and that was okay with people getting welfare. I, I, it's typically, uh, they typically, like, say, oh, well, you know, there, there's somebody always willing to adopt. And I'm like, yeah. Willing to adopt what? A, a, the child. Okay, there is always someone willing to adopt. Really? Who? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but it's that's like, what I keep hearing. That's why. That's why we still have all these children in, uh, it's in like, foster homes and uh, uh, orphanages. Orphans. It's like these people expect that. Orphanages. Orphanages. That's it. It's like these people expect that uh, some alien xenomorph is going to come down from space, and then all of a sudden it's going to exude from its slimy asshole these magical fairies that are going to take care tear the children. So, you know, we're all waiting on alien xenomorph slimy asshole uh, magic fairies to adopt all the kids that I'm need a home. just waiting on people to man up or woman up and take responsibility for themselves. Although I know that's not a realistic <laughs> reality because... Nobody wants to be responsible for their own shit, except for the people who are responsible for their own shit. You know, I, I, I another thing I find it interesting is the, the loudest, the loudest groups in the anti of the anti-abortion clan are usually the ones uh, that have uh, scandals where they're diddling kids. <laughs> you know, let's just move on to the main subject of the day. This is bullshit. Well. Moving on to that, and this is where I'm going to segue into that, because these same people will say, "Oh, you know." We should have all these. We should have all the kids born, and somebody will just take care of them. And you know, then they freak out. It's like, oh my God, there's all these fucking people on welfare. Let me go donate tithes to the church to help the poor. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! You're already skipping over the most important. Donation. What's that? Let me donate to that poor child in Africa first. <laughs> I mean, but the the whole the, the whole idea is that they, you know, there's it's again the cognitive dissonance of like. Oh, let's have all these more people and not figure out how the fuck they're going to have money or have a job they or have, have anything. They have my money and your money and that schmuck up the streets money. Yeah, except for, you know, that that's the whole point. They'll, you know, have new kid born into the system and then they'll complain about the welfare that's paying for them. That welfare already exists, man. I was already stealing my money to begin with. Right? I, so, I can't stop them from taking my money. So, so I mean, how the fuck do you expect 
to force somebody to have a kid and, you know, who one reason is they're not in a financial situation to even have a kid in the first place. See, I'm on the opposite side of this spectrum, I think. What, what, what are you, where are you at? I, so my, my position on abortion is that I think um, it's an unfortunate thing that needs to exist in rare circumstances. Mm-hmm. But I think overall that it's an evil thing to be done. I think overall that it, it is a, a net negative than a net positive in the long run. And okay. I think it encourages very bad behaviors. And um, I recognize that it is a necessary thing, mm-hmm. but I, I ultimately think that um, it's an evil thing. Well, I'm, you know how I feel about good and evil. There are goods and there are evils, but I ultimately believe that they are very arbitrary at best. There is yeah. just, there's overall decisions that are better and decisions that are worse uh, for the civilization at large. Right. I mean, and, and, right, so, and we've talked about, like, uh, abortion being a part of everybody's personal eugenic stance and whatnot. But here we've talked about the finance aspect is, like, Look, I, th- I think at the end of the day, uh, the the monetary contrib- contribution is there no matter what. There is money to spend for having the abortion, and there's money to spend for having the child. And ultimately, I think it's it's regardless you're you're making a decision. If well, no, but what I'm so the, the the point that I'm making is is, is that is that like a lot of people who are anti-abortion, right? Um, they don't take into account the fact that somebody's going to have to pay for that kid and the parent may not necessarily be able to pay for that kid. That's a bigger disconnect from the fact that the overall society does not understand how money works. Right. And, and well, money and wealth in general, right? That's that's what I'm saying is there is an overall disconnect between the average individual mm -hmm. and how uh, value of things be them services or products, is transferred between. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when we talk about money, it's a great quote for those of you who never heard of it. it. Give me control of a nation's money supply, and I care not who makes its laws. And this was by Meyer uh, Rothschild, who was one of the f- founders of the Rothschild banking dynasty. Of course. So, you know, and, and you know, we talk about money and paying for things and whatnot, and most people forget that money is an intermediary, right? The dollar is an See, intermediary. So that that's the thing that I don't believe is understood by 90% of individuals. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I really think it's as high as that, mm-hmm. if not even slightly higher, mm-hmm. because the amount of people that actually understand how what money actually is, mm-hmm. what it really, truly... Uh, describes or how it interacts in general is very limited. I would say I myself don't have the um, 100% of a grasp on uh, money and how to manipulate it, but I believe personally that I have a good grasp on what actually money is. Oh, I mean, you're seeing a lot of manipulation going on right now. Like, uh, what was it? The U.S. Mint put out... um, They put out that there was a silver shortage... Oh yeah, yeah. The, the whole entire last year of the silver shortages, the all that, there were there were clearly people manipulating the market just to um, increase the price of silver. Um, God, I'm looking forward to trends of silver. 
All right, fuck it. I can't find an actual. Oh, hold on, hold on. Go back, go back, go back. Look at that. There we go. Uh, let me switch this over. All right. Now, this if this is recent, right? That's the, the market. Um, that's the silver market, right? Yes, but that's the market right there at the end of the year going back to where it should be. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. In the time span between March and November, the silver market increased by about um, a half a dozen dollars, um, a little bit more than half a dozen dollars, and then it went back down to where it was, which is there was a $6 increase overall, it looked like, between the beginning of the year and the end of the year for silver. It's a little bit more than that, probably about close to $7 if I, because it looks like the, the line is in between. All right, what do you the, want me to go back to? Well, I was, I was looking at the silver prices, 2020 and 2019. Mm -hmm. And so the low of twenty of 2019 was uh, $14, and the high mm -hmm. was about 20 bucks almost, right? Right. And uh, if you go to 2020, you look at the low of uh, $11, almost 12 mm -hmm. and a high of almost $30. And now we're sitting at, between 2021, a high of $29 and a low of $24. So... And and so the thing is like there's a lot of things that actually come into play here, right? Because people talk about like prices and and whatnot. So and people talk about inflation, and um, people think of inflation as prices going up, which you know not really is the case. Inflation means you're inflating the supply of something. That's that's typically so, what the economic definition of inflation. And then you know we could talk about the semantics and ambiguous terms. Let's and whatnot. talk about money in general, real quick. What does money represent to you? So money is 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 an intermediary for that we that we use to assign value to things, right? Correct. I mean, realistically, you don't need money for things. You can barter for things, in 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 this in a without the system that we're currently stuck in. I have to you add that caveat. you can barter with things, but for the last couple hundred years. Mm -hmm. I would say that bartering was a rare occurrence mm -hmm. amongst individuals. Yeah. At a certain point in time of society, we decided that the best way to do transactions was to create an intermediary currency. Right, well, more than a couple hundred years. Though, yeah, more. At least since coins were starting, me, you're talking like 500 years at least. Sure, that's a couple hundred. Okay. <laughs> couple can mean uh, two or it can mean as many as like five or six. Right, right. Okay. It's only few that means specifically three or two. <laughs> but anyways, anyways, uh, besides the jokes, um, for the last couple hundred years, money itself has been really the only way of doing transactions between entities and individuals. Between individuals themselves trade bartering has been a much more common occurrence okay i could go to you and say uh charles i will give you um ticket to ride and ticket to ride philadelphia slash london for that toaster over there and you might say yes greg i agree that that is a fair trade i don't need this toaster anymore and i have been looking to add these to my collection and i agree that this is a fair price keep in mind that's a brave little toaster you named your toaster oven Brave Little Toaster? You've never seen that movie? I have. <laughs> Not. I've only seen the cartoon pictures of it. Right? Mm. Anyways. It's such a depressing movie. 
Um, between individuals, trade is very common across uh, the last couple hundred years, and even more so now, I would say, because people trade uh, many, many things. Uh, mm -hmm. Cards. Souls. So, well, maybe. Probably. <laughs> I probably sold my soul at least a few times already. <laughs> but many, as, we, as you already said, and as I, I agree with, is that it is an intermediary between objects to... An object or labor. Sure. To define a value for it. Uh, the interesting thing about money itself is because that it is an intermediary, it has value in holding it mm -hmm. in some cases. Because if you can convert the currency um, into another currency, which is more or less valuable than the currency at that time, there is the off chance that that currency that you just converted to may become more valuable than it already is by comparison to the currency that you normally trade with. Well, see, uh, so one thing that a lot of people make the mistake of is is they look at the, the currency in their own country as being the static, and either static or the baseline, right? So, when you know, here in America, you know, you look at the dollar, but the dollar isn't the end-all, be-all of everything. And, what the, and when they compare the dollar, they'll compare the dollar to one thing. Like, you have the CPI, which is heavily manipulated, um, you also have, but, you know, typically I, I go after, or I would look at the Cafe Con Leche index, but, you know, um, that I, I, it tends to be a more accurate uh, depiction. But it's not the dollar to the one thing, right? Like I say, food prices are going up. You, you, you really want to get the idea of what the value of a dollar is. You have to compare it to this, that, the other thing, stocks, gold, other currencies, uh, pay and, and so forth. It, it's a, it's this whole whole uh, web that you have to find out where the place of the dollar is, and that's how you find out the value is through this web, not just through one so, comparison. What's really interesting to me, what's taught me a lot about um, currency, mm -hmm. is board games, and Terraforming Mars is a fantastic game for many reasons, but I've truly learned over the five dozen or so games that I've played of it, uh, what the true value of one point in that game is. And one point in that game could be, we could say is one dollar in this case, okay? Right. What is, in your opinion, the value of one point in Terraforming Mars? What well, is the least amount of money that you should be spending to get a point? Well, see, that's, that's the, the that's thing, different. right? That's right. It's, it's the, it's, so where are you making this point? Are you talking about early game or late game? Because that's a different value early game. It does, game it does. But on, what is... On average, the amount of money you should spend in Terraforming Mars, in your opinion, to get one point. Um, what, like a little over ten credits? Okay, so I have, through many games, determined that the correct value for a single point in the game, you should, owing, you should never be spending more than five credits for one point. And the reason okay. why you should never spend more than five credits for one point is because if you are... There are always circumstances where you have to spend more than five credits mm -hmm. to get the one point. But if you're spending more than five credits per per point, you are overpaying for those points. Okay? And the reason I say that is because in the beginning of the game and the late game, there are goals that you can right. achieve. And in the beginning of the game, five points, eight to five. Eight credits for five points for achieving a goal. 
Okay, and that puts the the uh, the value much lower than right. right. I would yeah, say that's closer you're to looking, three. You're trying to average so average it out through the entire. If game. you can if you can stay somewhere around three credits per point, you're doing really well. Okay, whereas late game you have that twenty points for the uh, hopefully the five points for the award that you're funding. Mm -hmm. Okay, and at twenty to five, you're closer to about four credits per point. And so if you're going over five credits per point. In terraforming Mars, you're overspending and you've played the game poorly to the point where you're not going to win. Because there are there are a city, if you put a city on the board and you can surround it with six forests, mm -hmm. you're getting six points, plus you're getting all the points for the forest. But the city is on average cost of about 20. Mm -hmm. Okay? And typically you only score about four points per city because it is hard to get all six sides of that city. Right. Because people fuck you over with other cards that they play on it. Well, if you want, to, if you want a, uh, a game to look at things like currency and currency manipulation, I'll bring over Gnomes of Zavendor one day, which is all about um, watching how these different gem markets work based on who's selling and who's buying gems, and you're trying to like there's there's a Absolutely. market for each gem and and uh, how much is each one is worth and, and so forth. But there there are other games I've played, and it, the the games are very good at teaching you. Um, what you should be looking for most importantly, which is what is your your best conversion of yeah converting one resource resources to another for points right okay and in a lot of games I find that there is if you play it at least four times you can begin to understand what is the average amount of uh, resources or dollars that I am spending to get a point and then you can at that point you can break the game the the game down a little further and you can determine and that's how money works money. If you're trying to gain value out of money, is you have to determine is what I'm paying with the money, or what worth, I'm buying, or what I'm buying right. with the money. I should say, if I'm paying money to buy this item or service, am I truly getting? And it's a lot harder because in, in well, life you have all these. Well, the other thing too is the other thing too is is uh, you have like the money being printed and whatnot. Um, that's why that's why it becomes really difficult because most people right. can't. They don't. They don't. Not only do they not have the capability of performing the calculations, um, to well, I mean, it's think a complex. Ca it's a complex calculation. That's what I'm saying. Not only do they not have the capability of doing it, mm -hmm. because they're not informed of right. all of the things that are necessary. Right, for it. and there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But there's also a the extra calculation, which is, well, how much money is my government going to print over the course Federal of the year? Federal Reserve, not the government. Okay, I'm just going to keep saying the government because it's just a, an invisible arm of the government. No, that's, that, that, that's part okay, of the problem. Okay, let me, let me restate it. The elites. How much okay. money are the elites going to print? Right. Okay, because the, the government is not necessarily the elites, but the elites are the elites, and the elites make deals with other elites mm. to do things. I'm just going to call them the aristocracy. They're the elites. Yeah, what's elite about them? Absolutely nothing. They're all assholes. They're all useless assholes. <laughs> You're using elite in one term. I'm using elite in another term. Yeah, I'm. I'm fuck using. We should it define in that our term. definitions before we get to this point, exactly. Charles. Exactly. Exactly. But they they are making deals to get more money put into the supply with each other. Mm -hmm. They're not consulting with the average American. Well, they don't give a shit about the. They're they're trying to take money from the average. Take wealth, sure. Not money. Wealth. The, the most interesting part about money in general, at least as far as we have it nowadays, mm -hmm. is the fact that. There is the capability somehow, quote unquote, to create value through actions 
without changing the money supply or by increasing the money supply, they can create value by well, devaluing I mean, it's, stuff. It, right. So you're not really, and that's the whole thing, right? You're not really creating value. You're, no, no. Because <laughs> you can't really create wealth the, or the value. value what the value of the item itself has not changed. If the if if an item well, let's take let's take this phone no for so example. the whole thing is is that it's a it's a comparison right that's what I'm saying so let's take this phone for example right this phone is worth one unit right okay now the amount of another resource that I have to use to to buy one unit mm -hmm. changes on a day to day basis right that's what I'm saying right 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 <coughs> yeah but it's 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 not so much creating values, it's shifting value. So one thing becomes more valuable where another thing becomes less valuable. Um, but, you know, and it's stuff that a lot of people don't think... Another thing a lot of people don't think about is, right, and you'll see this mostly from the quote-unquote conservative people, right, um, where, like, the, the costs, right, the prices will rise on things all the time because of inflation. And... The minimum wage stays the same, and then and and there and these people will just say will just be like, oh, you know, prices are going up, blah 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 blah. Can't afford less. But then when they talk about raising the minimum wage, everybody just freaks the fuck out. No, we can't have the minimum wage. Yeah, we should have slave labor again. No, I just don't support the minimum wage because I think it is um, the minimum wage is both um, a good and a bad thing. Well, everything's a good and a bad thing. Sure. Uh, my my problem with minimum wage is that uh, the minimum wage is not tied to the market in any way possible. Okay. And because it's not tied to the market in any way, uh, the fact that it changes very arbitrarily mm -hmm. based on the whims of whoever screams the loudest or whoever makes the worst well, I points mean, possible, um, okay. the minimum wage doesn't properly reflect the unit of time, an hour, that I put in to a single job versus how much I'm actually getting paid out of it, okay? If I were to tell you that I thought $15 an hour was worth one hour of my time, um, I'd be lying because I think my time is more valuable than $15 an hour. But if I were to ask how much I thought the generic job of bag boy at the local shopping food market was, I would say that their time is not very valuable at all because... They're getting paid to just be there and do a job that requires no skill. Well, uh, the problem with the minimum wage is that it's it's treated as um, the least skilled job. How much is it? The least skilled job at any time should always be paid. And so, we believe theoretically that every job at a, the base of an organization is, at least as far as retail is concerned is of the same skill level as any other job in a, one of these organizations, um, service or product-wise, right? Right. And because they're all treated like that, the minimum wage says that they are all skillless positions that can be paid the same. And so I look at that and I say, that is not true. That is not a true statement, but unfortunately the, the meta for how it's applied makes it that way. And so someone who works at a McDonald's versus someone who works at a Bed Bath & Beyond, the McDonald's job has different minor skills mm -hmm. that are learned by the individual based on the position they're in right. versus the person who's at a Bed Bath & Beyond. And some of the skills in between are translatable, but they are not always the same. And um, 
So what you you're can't... saying is that the skill level qualifies the pay. That is how minimum wage is being used. I don't believe okay. that is... Now I have a whole slew of questions. You ready? Sure. First question. Okay. So here's the whole thing, right, about minimum, minimum wage in general. Um, because there were periods in the past with, when there wasn't a minimum wage. Sure. Right? And we all saw, we can all read history and see how horribly that went. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on that, but... Okay. Moving on. The, Go fun the fundamental question, does, does any one person's labor not entitle them to a basic standard of, of living in comparison to somebody else? So that question requires um, a couple further inquiries. Mm -hmm. First, is the job that I'm doing one of convenience or one of necessity? If I am doing the job because... Let's assume they're all of necessity. If the job is of necessity, then uh, the amount of money that I get paid should be enough to pay my bills. Okay, so that would be minimum wage then? No. Okay, how, how is that not minimum wage? Because minimum wage does not define for jobs of convenience. Because I'm, I'm a talking, lot of... Okay. What? Go ahead. There are a lot of employees that are under a particular age, that are in particular age groups, that are not getting jobs because they need money. Right. They're getting jobs because they're either, A, looking to grow a skill, mm -hmm. or they're looking to get extra cash to spend. Right. Okay, because a lot of their uh, responsibilities are being paid for to begin with by other people. Okay, so how do you separate the two? It is very difficult. It is incredibly <laughs> difficult. There lies the inherent problem. That is the problem. But so, the, if you're telling me that... The job of someone who is working at um, a TJ Maxx mm -hmm. or a Target or a, you know, just a generic job. We'll say that they're on a register. Right. Okay. If you're telling me that their job is that is important enough that they get paid a certain amount of money, I would say that their job is not that important. So, for me, minimum wage should be such that the, and it's very difficult to quantify. It is mm -hmm. ex exceedingly difficult to quantify. But someone who is on a register should not be getting paid the same amount of money as someone who is on the floor doing completely different position. Because even though... Why not? Why not? Yeah. Because the job is not nearly as difficult or as important. Well, who decides importance? Importance is determined by how it affects the organization. Okay. That's it. You have more on that important. I do have more on that. Okay, because uh, I'm waiting for the more of the important. So stuff. someone who's on the floor interacting with customers, mm -hmm. okay, is going to be dealing with um, a completely different situation. They're going right. to be uh, doing service at that time. Now, both the cashier and someone on the floor both do the same kind of service, but unless it is high times of um, there's a lot of people coming in. Right. Most of the time. And this is from personal experience. Mm -hmm. You see people at the register standing around. Okay? Right. Now, that would be explicitly in a position where they're only being paid to work the register. Right. Okay, someone who's only being paid to work the register, I think, is, um, is a very low-skilled position. And um, they don't need to be paid as much as someone who's working on the floor. If, okay. however, okay. someone is working on the floor and is also has responsibilities for being on the register, which is what... M a good more majority of, of jobs have evolved into. Because if you go back 30 years, 
the person who's on the register typically stays on the register. Mm -hmm. But because of the way that retail now works. The trimming the fat. Yes. They have eliminated positions that they would normally have the money, and they do have the money to pay to do. They have eliminated those positions, and now they have what are I would refer to as hybrid jobs. Mm -hmm. Okay? So someone works on the register, but also works on the floor. And when they're not ne needed for the register, they're put back on the floor to do something. Okay. Here's my question, my next question. Sure. If you had to choose one or the other, yep. which would be the marker for determining a person's pay? Would it be exertion, or would it be the, the amount that they exert themselves over the course of the period, or what skills they use over the course of the period? Skills. Skills over exertion. Always. Why? Because exertion could be completely individual independent. Okay, let's 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 assume that let's put it this let, way. let's assume that everybody's working at optimum efficiency. Still skills. Still skills. Okay. Skills more are more important than exertion because if you are overexerting, mm -hmm. then you. Well, will... I'm not saying overexerting. I'm just saying the that two people exert themselves the same amount over the course of a week, but one has a different skill set than the other. The person who has more skill sets is more um, more important because okay. they can do more things. Okay, but just because they but what if they don't do any of those things? What if they do? What if they utilize? Why are you changing the situation on me? You're telling me that the person who... Well, no, no, because I'm talking about... Because that's my specific question. The exertion of I'm the... I'm not paying you for your skills. I'm paying you for the skills you use. Right. So what if... What if... So one, person A has a greater set of skills than person B. But person A uses less skills than person B. But they, both, they both exert... they both the same, man. If they, they both use the same amount of skills and they both... No, no person, exact... a, person A has more skills but uses less skills. But they both exert themselves the same over the course of the, the pay period. Forget about that. We're gonna no, say, that's a pertinent question. No, no, no. Forget about the fact that they have those extra skills. Okay. We're gonna include. We're gonna say the fact that the person who uses two skills over one skill is more important than that, because that person has two things that they're responsible for versus the one person who's only one thing they're responsible for. Okay. Okay. Now, there's an exception. As I always say, there's always an exception mm -hmm. to every rule. Okay, if one person has the more important skill, such as a train, someone is putting coal and regulating the coal so that the train does not explode. Right. Okay, that is a more important job than the guy that is collecting the tickets and making certain that the baggage isn't done correctly because those are less important things. I don't know. I, I, the way I see it, every job is not important until it's not there. But that is true in some <laughs> regards. <laughs> Right, what, what I'm saying is there is there are two sides to this equation here, mm -hmm. okay? There is your minimum wage, okay? Your minimum mm -hmm. wage, I think, should only be applied to people who are um, new to a job. The, you know, the problem with minimum wage is that uh, companies don't have to justify why they're only giving you minimum wage. Right. They can just say, we're going to give you minimum wage regardless of your skill level, Um no I mean, what. I saw I saw someone but, on a video before where somebody, some job posting wanted somebody with a master's degree but paying only $15 an hour. I once had a job offer for $15 an hour. I laughed. Let's, let's put it this way, okay? If you are new to retail, mm -hmm. you've never done retail before, you've never done any jobs at all, I would say that minimum wage is what you deserve. Okay. If, however, you are not new to retail, 
you are an experienced person, at least a year's worth, you should be getting paid more than minimum wage. Okay. However, because of how life works, right. you as an individual who is experienced should also be going into the situation asking for more money to begin with. And that I think is another skill that you have to learn or be taught in that you should value your own work more now that you have more going forward. And you should be going into the situation asking for more money. The biggest issue is that because minimum wage is a law, mm -hmm. that employer can say, you know, I'd rather not hire this person who has skills for more money right. and instead spend our money on hiring someone who is less skilled and just pay them less because we really don't Which give a shit. Which you see happen a lot. Yes. And that is, that is the biggest issue I find with uh, the corporations in this day and age is that they've been given the ability to just give minimum wage and because more people who um, I think this is an issue regardless if you have minimum wage or don't have minimum wage right in that uh, the retail organizations of America of the world I mm -hmm. should say have incentivized the what uh, profit margins and well, that's just not just the retail market. Yes, but, but I'm I'm using retail as an example here because it's the one it's, I'm most it's, familiar with. Well, it's it's the fa it's what I call YOLO investments, or YOLO. Um, My experience with retail has told me that YOLO um, shareholding. That's what I call it. Because they only care about the bottom line, they make sh especially in America they make short sighted investments mm -hmm. and they hire individuals who do not know their own worth. And will accept the minimum wage as a payment. Well, I mean, it's beyond that. Like I said, it's it, it's the plague of YOLO shareholding. Sure. You know? um, but so there's because we're. But this we're, this is a big issue. This is a big issue. It's a big issue that requires a lot let, of discussion. Let me, let me get into one more point. Hold up. I'm gonna have to. I'll call him back in a moment. Mm -hmm. Um. So, the biggest issue is that we have an entire population that is not being taught that they should value their own skills, that they should value uh, their time. That they should value themselves for just being there. Well, they are being taught that, unfortunately. That's what I'm saying. But they are not being taught the correct... They're not being taught, taught the correct lessons. Mm -hmm. And if the majority of people were going into retail or service industries or any industry with the idea that I'm going to be just as valuable as anybody else, that they could hire, probably more valuable. And everyone was fighting to have better wages. Mm -hmm. These minimum wages would not be a thing. They com Companies would be forced to pay people more money because everyone would be asking for more money and no one would accept these lesser payment jobs. But we've been taught that the only way to get a job is to accept these minimum wages to begin with. I see a lot of people who don't understand how yeah, to negotiate. I mean, of, they don't understand right. any of but these. But it's it's beyond that, right? And so, sure. All right, that, so let me let me leave off with some final thoughts, because um, uh, we only got a couple minutes left. So the the one idea, like I I always enjoy the how 
people are supposed to start at the bottom and work their way up, and that's always talked, that's well, always promoted by people that come from rich families in the first place and get get spread around to the to the people that are just like, oh yeah, I was one of the few that it actually happened to, right? Because like you look at like the Rockefeller, right, and he had his whole scheme where he basically just like undercut everybody and paid his workers shit until everybody went out of business and he raised prices and still and still paid his workers shit. Um, but at the same time, you have questions like, you know, people look at skill sets and they focus so much on skill sets, but they don't look at exertion, right? Because I've had jobs where I've, I've paid a lot of money, but I didn't exert myself a whole lot. Um, that, that is an issue I find. Like, I have a, a, a co-worker who just went from being a back office worker to a salesperson, mm -hmm. and I told him, and he's a, he's a young guy, 19, I told him, um... You well, know, I mean, the, are you the, sure you want to go from a job where you don't have to do any work to a job where you have to put all the work in? Because well, the reason why I didn't have to do a whole lot was because I was I was there standby in case anything went wrong. But th this is the thing: I don't think our our the young, even people my age, hopefully they've learned at this point that right. they need to put in a certain amount of work into a job in order to move forward with life. All I right. just don't I don't see people. Learning at, at the those, same time too. At the same time too, it's you know there's a lot of nepotism that goes on, so that that whole barrier is is, a, is becomes an illusion as well. And then we have the question of education. Why why are people if if why should why should somebody have to pay money to get a skill set and still exert themselves as the same amount as somebody else, and then then this person can't get anything done because the everybody says fuck you low-wage workers and then you know there's always this question i always ask people right and they and they say oh well you know when you talk about like starting businesses and whatnot it's like oh the person who invests five hundred thousand obviously has more uh more they risk more than the person who invests five thousand dollars but they don't look but you don't uh, look no, at I other things. Invest any amount of money is putting risk out there. The right, but amount. here's but here's the cap. But if you when you throw in something else, like say, the person who invested five hundred thousand dollars is only investing one percent of their total wealth, whereas the person who person invested five thousand dollars is investing ninety five percent of their total wealth. People don't look at that shit. That's a personal choice. Even still, you know when they they. A lot of people try to oversimplify this situation. Sure, they they disregard all the nuances, everything. It's not it's not an easy thing. It's very difficult to quantify. It, and yeah, I mean the I don't whole with you. the whole the whole thing about working a job and what people deserve as working a job. It's a miasma. That's what it is. I mean, but then we look at what safety nets that people have and whatnot. How, where the standard of living is for people, and how uh, you know there's all these agendas that and go I'm into it. I'm not generally it. concerned with those things, but they have to be concerned because no one's an island. You know, Maybe. people people want to brush off all the low wage workers as they've they've never done anything. But you know, I'm people, not saying that. Well, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying there are people that want to brush off low work wage workers. Oh, they're not really worth anything. They're entering minimum wage for a reason. But these are people. But especially after 2008, these are people with master's degrees whose jobs went overseas or, or something else, and they just have nowhere else to go. And and these people have a skill set, but what the fuck are they supposed to do? Not be able to pay for them? They, you know, they did, I, they did the, the plan where they worked hard and went look, to college. My, my last point on this is I think people need to be more responsible for themselves. And that comes back to if you're going to take 
If you're going to make the decision to go into a low-wage job, you know it's a low-wage job, mm -hmm. you should be fighting for a higher wage based right. on your skill sets that you're bringing to the job because you can do more than what you're being hired for. So you should be fighting to get more money based on the fact that you can do more than what you're hired for. And my Personal responsibility is more important than and my, anything else. My final thought on, on this is that is an oversimplification. And we'll leave it there. That is all the time we have for this episode. Uh, make sure to check out next episode 23. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, fuck you, Greg. Check out our next episode 23, which is called Theseus Thinkery. Or not, you know, fuck you either way. Remember to find us on Locals Bitch Hoop Mind and Rubble. Rumble to check our alt tech extras. And with that said, once again, I am Greg. And I am Charles. Remember to never question. Never ask for proof. And always believe what you're told by the news and politicians. No matter what. Now go back to sleep, fuckers. Good night, fellow human. You'll wake up tomorrow to cause more destruction and bring much more sorrow. You'll go out and smile and pretend you are good. But once you get crossed, you will don a black hood. You'll maim and you'll rend all while you pretend that you are some kind of hero. You can't face the truth and you'll stay aloof to the fact that you're a zero. You'll sit and stay glued to a spoon-feeding tube so that you can believe you're the best. You'll obey and be bribed by a campaigner's lies all throughout the COVID murder fest.